what drew me to the book was the fact that there are all these questions that don't have a specific answer per se. And I think going back to my own childhood, like I said, I was struggling to learn how to read. I remember in school, there was always an answer to something that we were constantly being asked questions as kids, and we were expected to figure out or know the answer. And I just loved putting that possibility of what the answer could be back on them. Like it's, it's, there are infinite possibilities. And I think that's also an important lesson that we don't always get in school sometimes. And so, yeah, that excited me about this book. And I just wanted to give kids that space to explore and to play and to think. Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. Today, we all have a seat at the cool kids' table as our guests are award-winning picture book creators, Christian Robinson and Mac Barnett. They're here to talk about their fun and enjoyably profound picture book collaboration, 20 Questions. Mac Barnett is the author of many beloved picture books for children, including Just Because, A Polar Bear in the Snow, John's Turn, and for this one, I feel like I have to change my accent because uh, it rhymes, so let's see, and President Taft is Stuck in the Bath, <laughs> I would have said President Taft is Stuck in the Bath, illustrated all by various incredible artists. He is also the author of several books illustrated by John Classen, including Sam and Dave Dig a Hole, a Caldecott Honor Book and E.B. White Read Aloud Award winner, The Shape Trilogy, and The Wolf, the Duck, and the Mouse, which was an E.B. White Read Aloud Award winner. Mac Barnett lives in California. Christian Robinson is the best-selling illustrator of several books for children, including Last Stop on Market Street by Matt D. La Pena, which was named a Caldecott Honor Book and a Coretta Scott King Illustrator Honor Book, Leo, A Ghost Story by Mac Barnett, Josephine, The Dazzling Life of Josephine Baker by Patricia Hruby Powell, a Robert F. Seibert Honor Book, The Bench by Megan, The Duchess of Sussex, and Nina, A Story of Nina Simone by Tracy N. Todd, which was a Coretta Scott King illustrator on a book. Christian Robinson also lives in California. Before I share our conversation, here's the synopsis for 20 Questions. Award-winning creators Mac Barnett and Christian Robinson tap deep into childhood curiosity with a mind-tickling ode to the open-ended. Not all questions have answers. Some have more than one answer, and others have endless answers unfolding out to the edges of the world. In this spare yet expansive narrative, acclaimed author Mac Barnett poses 20 questions, both playful and profound. Some make us giggle, others challenge our assumptions. The result is a quirky, wandering exploration of where the best questions lead to stories. Intriguing, richly interactive, and brought to vivid life by Caldecott Honor recipient Christian Robinson's bright and whimsical illustrations, 20 Questions is a charming invitation to speculate 
without limits, and no, no bounds. Hi, Mac and Christian. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. Hello, hello, hello. The pair of you have collaborated on a very entertaining picture book, 20 Questions. But since it's your first time on this show, we need to find out what makes you tick in the sense of creating books for kids. So who wants to go first in sharing what guides you and drives you in writing books or making art for kids? Why don't you go first? Yes. All right. All right, Mac, take it away. (laughs) I'm going for it. I'm going in. Uh, I've always worked with kids. Uh, I wanted to be a writer from the time that I I was a kid myself, but starting in high school, uh, my first jobs and and volunteer work was helping kids learn to read. And I was a camp counselor and a substitute teacher, and I ran a nonprofit that taught writing to kids. And I've just always loved talking to kids. I think that they are the smartest, most adventurous, most open-minded readers a writer can have. And and for the kind of stories that I like to tell, stories that require a little bit of work from the reader to figure out what they mean, I think kids are more willing to do that work than adults are. I think that adults underestimate the intelligence of kids, especially the intelligence of kids as readers. But for me, this is the best audience a, a writer could hope for. Uh, and and so I just, I get my energy and inspiration from from the kids who read my books. Christian, how about you? Firstly, really great answer, Mac. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. <laughs> uh, that's a really good question. Okay, so I think much like Mac, I am guided by, well, honesty is my policy, right? Like I want to tell stories that, tell the truth, especially to young people, um, because I think we do them a disservice when we're not giving them tools and resources to kind of navigate this crazy world of ours. So there's that. And also, for me, it's also about making sure that every child who picks up my book, our person has some sense of like connection, that they know that they matter, that their story matters, that I can somehow reflect their experience somehow in the pictures and just make them feel seen and valuable. Yeah. Mm. You both had incredible answers. All right. Well, so who are the children's book creators that you remember most from your childhood and how have they impacted the way you create books for kids now? Mac, why don't you start us off there? Okay, sure. So uh, Margaret Wise Brown uh, was a really big uh, writer for me as a kid, and, and she remains a big writer for me as an adult. Uh, it's the only piece of nonfiction I've done is is a book, a picture book about her life and work. Um, I think she was just such a great poet, one of the one of the great American poets of the 20th century, and she just happened to make books for kids. Uh, and she was a writer who who couldn't illustrate, which is true for me too. I can't draw. And I think she really cracked how you construct a a text that's meant to work alongside pictures. And that's that's sort of the formal peculiarity of of picture books that that the words do not, should not, cannot stand alone. if If you read a picture book manuscript that makes sense without pictures, 
then it shouldn't be a picture book manuscript. It should be something else. And so I think that, you know, despite her formidable talents, she also entered into each book with with like the picture book writer's humility, which is which is that the thing that you create, the manuscript is is going to be a collaboration and in fact and sometimes is going to be in service to the images. But you know, all that stuff is is stuff that that I am in awe of now as as somebody who makes these things. As a kid, I think she just was so able to speak to the child's direct experience of the world. Everything feels new in poetry, and and that's a great way to write for kids. Christian, what were the books that stood out to you that you still remember from your childhood, and how did they, or how do they, if any way, impact the way you create your art and put together a picture book? So I often share that growing up, I actually struggled learning how to read. And I didn't feel a very strong connection to books. In fact, I was kind of terrified by them or felt like they revealed something about me that I wasn't like good enough in some way because I wasn't able to grasp certain things. But it was the pictures that kind of kept me coming back and kept my attention. And I mean, I think I grew up with the same like I, I, I grew up in the 90s. So for me, it was books like, of course, like The Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carle and where the wild things are, Marie Sendak. Um, so the classics, I kind of, I, I navigated towards them. Today, I think what influences my art and picture books is um, like the work of Ezra Jack Keats, The Snowy Day, and more so graphic artists. I love simplicity. I love just telling a story with the most, you know, simple image possible. And so, yeah. What do you think one thing that you do? In each day that you're working, that you would consider a day-to-day practice that you think would be the most surprising or, in contrast to that, the most relatable for our listeners. So what's one thing that you do each day that you think would either surprise us or we would relate to most? And Mac, let's go with you. Oh, man, I can't believe I have to go first because <laughs> I, am, I, know, I know what I'm going to say and then Christian is going to absolutely come in and devastate me with his beautiful daily practice. My daily practice is a mess. I have no daily practice. I I um I feel like I come to this garage behind my house where I write and just flail. And most of the time, I don't write anything at all. And I spend a lot of time reading just terrible things on the internet. And I I, I fritter away hours. And 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 it's a mess. It's all a mess. I don't. I, I have no discipline, no rigor, nothing that could be called a practice. It's, uh, oh, oh, it's just, I, I hope that's relatable because, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing resembling a, a routine uh, or, or even anything uh, that I think would resemble on most days productive work uh, at all. I love it. And Definitely I relatable. I, I can't believe I have to say that before Christian. Oh, Christian, tell us hmm. about your daily practice. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I mean, okay. So there's my my mind is going in many directions. There's the daily practice of maybe when I'm actually working on a project, like a picture book, and then maybe when I'm not working on a picture book, what I do daily, and they're kind of different. 
for one thing, like Mac, when I'm working on a book, I'm flailing. I'm I'm still trying to just like figure things out. And honestly, when I'm working on a book, I don't sleep very well because my brain is in this process of trying to figure things out. And it's like a puzzle. And I will oftentimes wake up in the middle of the night, be like, oh, that's how I solved that picture. Or, oh, what I just did was really, really not good. I need to do it all over again. So in some ways, it's kind of torturous, that period of creating something. I don't know if that's relatable, but I would say, yeah, it's it's a strange experience of like, I do it because I'm driven to do it. And I have this like urge to create, but at the same time, it's also a struggle. The struggles are real. Well, I think that is relatable. I think it's great for everybody to hear because you're both such esteemed picture book creators that we probably all like to just assume that, you know, you guys have it down and and every book just rolls out perfectly. So it's refreshing to hear that you experience the same struggles that we all experience in our day-to-day lives. Christian, can I ask about your when you're not working on a book? daily practice do you feel more centered then is there sort of more of a of a thing oh i'm in heaven no. <laughs> which is really a good, a good answer but the truth is yeah i'm much more like i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna i'm gonna i like make my little lemon water tonic with just like a little apple cider vinegar and fresh squeezed lemon and warm water and i'll like you know do some stretches and i'm, I'm like really like chill but yeah, when I'm creating, I do feel like time is on my short back and I need to <laughs> get this thing done. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if somebody could figure out the the mental science behind when we don't have the pressures and we do take care of ourselves and the way we take care of ourselves on those days is exactly how we need to take care of ourselves when we're in the work. So so why can't we do that? I don't I don't know why, but if somebody could figure out that science, it would be magic. My fear, and I've become probably more convinced this is true, despite what I would wish, is that the misery and angst is actually important to the work getting done. Like I, I wonder, I wonder if I if I were completely settled and wasn't feeling all those other feelings, then then maybe I wouldn't be doing the work at all. Yes to that, actually. I love that. Well, before we dig into your book, 20 Questions, it feels like it's only fair that I ask you at least a few more random questions. So my next question is, is there a question you wish you'd get asked in an interview, but nobody ever asks? Anyone? (laughs) These are good questions. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I, I don't think so. I think that just in general, but already we we're we're in the area that I like to be in in interviews. I you know I think that a lot of times when you're talking about kids books, uh, the interviews will will ask kind of what the book is about, which is of course where you have to start, but never gets into like the why of of certain decisions or or how the book was made, uh, and just stays on that level of summary but we're already so deep in here so like, I, <laughs> you know i i'm 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 happy i'm i'm feeling good well you just made me happy max so thanks <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, do you want to add anything or should we move on 
Um, I want to add something, but I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm the, I'm like, I guess I'm an open book. And so I always love a question that I don't mind a question that gets personal or dives deeper. I think that's what Mac was getting at too. Like there's so much of our life outside of books mm. that informs mm-hmm. yeah, why we do what we do and and how we approach it. And even though I love making picture books, the reality is that I need to sometimes get out in my backyard and pick weeds and I need to make a meal for my partner and I need to do all these other non-business things that definitely help inspire and and push the work, you know? Um, yeah. Well, this question could be a tricky one, but I hope one of you will guess the answer. What am I hiding behind my back right now? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A copy of 20 questions. Christian, what's your guess? Um, <laughs> I think that behind your back, you have a banana. <laughs> I wish. I'm actually hungry. It is, in fact, a copy of 20 questions. <laughs> yes. So, yes, Mac, well done. 20 questions for me is one of those books. I picked it up and I read it and I just simply thought, brilliant. This is clever and witty and kids along with the grown-ups who choose to read with their kids will have so much fun with it. Who had the idea for this book and where did the idea begin? Well, I guess, you know, this book started with a manuscript. It started with words. Um but I mean in this case particularly <laughs> the the completed manuscript it's only it's only the faintest whisker of an idea for for what this book actually became once it was in Christian's hands. Uh, what the book is, is it is a series of 20 questions, uh, the first of which uh, maybe feels like a traditional picture book that asks questions. There's a piece of art and, and a question. Uh, actually, you know what, let me, I'm going to grab it so I can read it. So the first book is a, is a picture. Uh, that has a bunch of animals hanging around a, a big tree. And it says, how many animals can you see in this picture? And uh, a kid can just count those animals and, and give a number. But the second page asks a question that doesn't have an answer, or at least doesn't have just one answer. Uh, a tiger has entered a, a field of green. And it says, how many animals can you not see in this one? because they're hiding from the tiger. Uh, The answer to that question can only be answered by that individual reader experiencing the book at that time. And and so the the 19 questions that that follow that first one are all questions that kids have to answer for themselves by looking at Christian's artwork, wondering about the question, and bringing their own experience and intelligence to this book and, and making meaning of it. And I think that's what all good books do. All books are are a collaboration between the author and the illustrator, the words and the pictures, uh, but also a collaboration between the book itself and the reader, because a good book has plenty of gaps and questions and, and, and things that the reader can kind of insert themselves into to, to complete the story, to make it mean what that book means to them. I think that in this book, the balance of power is skewed way toward the reader uh, because they get to decide 
what the answer to all these questions are. And they get to do that by interpreting artworks, by staring at Christian's illustrations, which is, you know, I think one of the great joys of this book uh, is that you just get to look at Christian's pictures for a really long time. But what Christian got handed to him was the manuscript only, these 20 questions and, and how to execute each piece of art was up to him. Anyone that's listened to this podcast for a while, or if you're an experienced author or illustrator, they they know that quite often authors and illustrators uh, get paired by the editors and they don't really work a whole lot together uh, during the process. So I'm curious, did Mac, did you like get to request Christian or like, how did this pairing come? Christian, how, how did, how did you end up being the one with the book in your lap to illustrate? Uh, being uh, very lucky because Mac is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, yeah, being sent the manuscript by our shared agent, Stephen Malk. And yeah, I read it and I immediately knew I said, Yes, this is it. To go a little deeper on that, and actually kind of go back to something Max said, what drew me to the book was the fact that there are all these questions that don't have a specific answer per se. And I think going back to my own childhood, like I said, I was struggling to learn how to read. I remember in school, there was always an answer to something that we were constantly being asked questions as kids, and we were expected to figure out or know the answer. And I just loved putting that possibility of what the answer could be back on them. There are infinite possibilities. And I think that's also an important lesson that we don't always get in school sometimes. And so, yeah, that excited me about this book. And I just wanted to give kids that space to explore and to play and to think. Yeah, I love that. It's true. Like the the questions that are posed between the words and the art is there really isn't a wrong answer. And how lovely to, you know, take a break during your school day in the classroom with this book or to come home and to know that you're answering questions and you can never be wrong. <laughs> I mean, we all are wrong sometimes, right? But to, just in general, to be able to have that safe place to just be creative and imagine and think, and none of that is wrong. It's all right. I love that. Mm. What did your like creative process in terms of, Mac, you said that from the sort of original idea and the original original manuscript, this book has taken on maybe a new life. How did the back and forth between writer and illustrator work with this particular book? Well, so Christian and I did go to the publisher together, which I, it is unusual, but but we went hand in hand with this book. I, um, is that what happened, Mac? Sorry, it I, is. Clearly, yes. I don't remember this. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, but once it was underway. You know, every book I do is a little bit different, but for this one particularly, I mean, I just handed these questions to Christian. He immediately knew what the game was of this book. I think that this book is in a lot of ways a game. We hope that it, it feels playful and, and joyful. And we set up these, these, these set of rules with those first two questions. And then after that, you're just unleashed to play around in this book. Christian knew exactly what the soul of this book was, too. Uh, and, you know, I think that if he had any 
questions from me. I'm I'm sure I'm sure we talked about it sometime just because we saw each other while we were working on this book, but I, I don't remember anything that he asked or or any conversation we had about that. I think that when you're working with an illustrator like Christian, Christian, I, I, like I just say, like, and we are friends, but but also Christian is one of the best illustrators working today. He's one of the best illustrators to ever make books for children. Um, and part of that is because of the emotion and, and attention to the world, especially the world as a child experiences it, that that he uh, communicates in his art. But also his formal knowledge of, of how picture books work, how page turns should work, how composition should be varied, and how to layer tension and excitement and meaning into the relationship between words and images. Uh, it's just it's just at the very top. So once Christian and I were together on this book, it, at that point, the book belonged to Christian. And, and I'm so happy to have it in his hands. Well, let's hang out in this space of illustration for a minute since we're here. Christian, you are a mixed media artist. What goes into creating each piece? For example, there's the, um, hang on, I got to find it. The question is, which of these ladies just robbed a bank? And mm -hmm. there's there's a, a collection of different ladies along the bottom of the page. And each of them is created with these different layers of mixed media and details. So like, what is your thought process for, for example, creating each woman so they all look different? And, and what do you decide to, to give them so that we get their different personalities and who they are through that art? Oof. Okay. So that's a, that's a big question. I think, honestly, sometimes when I'm creating... I don't even know if I'm, mm, if I'm, what am I trying to say? There's, it's like this balance between trying, but also just kind of flowing and just letting kind of what comes up, come up and also kind of just trusting those instincts. But I remember for this spread, I did kind of, it took me a minute to think about because, well, there, the question suggests that, you know, one of these ladies might be a criminal. <laughs> um, and so then that, as a Black person in America, I thought about, okay, well, what image is what I create and how might kids interpret it, what they think a criminal is, right? Kids are also receiving all other types of messages all, all day about who's guilty, who's innocent, who's, who's dangerous, who's scary. And so all those thoughts were kind of rolling in my head. And so, of course, it was important for me to have a variety, a large variety of different types of people, shape, sizes, abilities, um, ages. But I guess just playfulness was kind of at the center of this of, of that spread. I just wanted it to be bright and colorful and and just kind of be fun for the eye, you know, different designs and shapes and whatnot. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can, well, I, can I just yeah. not to give also too much away but this was one of my my this was something that that I think it's one of the earlier ones you did Christian or one of the earlier ones that I saw and something that I loved about it too 
just that playfulness and and the layers and levels that that and care that Christian puts into each one of these is also evident in the fact that that like as you described, there are a bunch of ladies lined up at the bottom of the page on their way, and and you're looking at all of them, and and the longer you spend on this this picture, you know, at the top of it, there is a cop car uh, speeding off in the other direction, presumably toward the bank. Uh, but as you sit there, the open-endedness, you realize that, of course, the cop behind the wheel could be the lady who just robbed the bank as well. And that playfulness, freedom, and and sort of these double flips and triple flips that, that Christian has built into these, these sort of trap doors and, and ever-extending possibilities the the capaciousness of of every single one of these spreads that he builds it's it's really a marvel to see something i've noticed about kids books is that the seemingly most straightforward concepts can actually be the most difficult to pull off effectively and i think that's what makes the pair of you children's book wizards, in my opinion, is that you can take such a simple idea as a book of 20 questions and turn it into something so, for want of a better word, magical. So if there was a secret sauce that you have, what what is it? And can you share it? <laughs> oh, These questions are good. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. Hmm. You know, I think that like the that to go back to Christian, something you said that I was nodding along curiously to, it is honesty. And and honesty is, you know, there's objective truth and subjective truth. And the subjective honesty is just is point of view, right? And and I think that's the thing that we as authors and illustrators have that is most valuable to us and most individual to us. It's the thing, you know, what is the book that only you can make and mm. and trying to trying to accurately honestly authentically capture your point of view if there's a secret i i think maybe that's it not aiming for convention or the market or what somebody's idea of what a picture book is or what picture book you should write but trying to make something that just like when you you when you ring the bell it sounds true it sounds true to you at least the you that day the you that year yeah that's a great answer i just put it in a bottle and kept it and i'm going to save that for my next book <laughs> <laughs> christian do you want to add anything or do you feel like mac mac said it mac nailed it and yes it is true that it's really about like anyone can tell the story but maybe only you can tell your story, you know? And it's kind of like, you do have to check in with yourself and, you know, find your way of telling this thing in a way that means something to you. That's less eloquent than Mac put it, but he he writes for a living. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I feel like these are the dreaded questions for, for picture book creators, but do you have a favorite double page spread? Like what's your favorite moment and hopefully it's not kind of like a spoiler moment if you're willing to share it. In this book, one of the, oh no, this is like, this is the best stuff. I love this stuff. Well, Christian, <laughs> what's your favorite spread in this? 
Okay. Honestly, this is like to go back to what questions you wish you got asked. This has literally been something that I like I've thought is just like the greatest interview question is just like, what's your favorite spread of the picture book? Oh, can I cheat? OK, so because, yeah, I'm, I'm a rebel, I guess. My favorite is actually the cover, the jacket, which mm. is in the spread. I know. But jackets are like one of my favorite things to illustrate for every book I create because yeah, it's, it is the like calling card. It's the, it's the poster. It's what people are going to see first. And so even though it stresses me out and keeps me up, like I was saying, it also is like just such a fun payoff when it really feels like it comes together. Um, and with this book, it was just a very simple thing. Like I knew I saw a question mark. I knew it wanted to be playful and silly and um, it's just a snake in a sneaker that looks like a question mark. Why not? You know, <laughs> exactly. Why not? Mac, what's yours? I have so many like this. I, when I got Christian's art for this, there is so many that took my breath away. I'm going to play by the rules and just pick one, although that answer could change. Uh, but but one that I love is is the spread uh, that that asks the question is, what kind of beast lives in this bathtub? And what does it eat? And <laughs> there is a, a bathtub full of, of murky black water with two red eyes in it. And uh, a very confident little girl who is offering food to the beast. And again, not to give too much away, but this is another one of those uh, pages that I think is layered with with all kinds of of trapdoors and fun moments and and realizations and and it's one that i think you know each one of these spreads asks kids to basically write a story to tell a whole story and the possibilities for the kinds of stories kids can tell about this particular page i think are, are really fun well talking about how they these pages are ultimately asking us to form these stories in in our head on each question I would love to see a story based on the question, and how did that cow get all the way up there? <laughs> I loved that page. I, wa I want to know how the cow got up there. So if someone can tell me, I have my own theories, but I would love to hear other people's theories on that one. <laughs> yeah, we also can't wait. That I think that's going to be the fun of taking this one out and, and reading it is, is I just can't wait to hear kids give us the answers. Were there any questions that didn't make the cut? There was some like last minute uh, swapping things around and and question, you know, certainly in the in the in drafting it, there were questions that made it and didn't. And I don't really even remember those. But also, I think that there was probably like a little swapping once the, the pictures were in place, um, which isn't always a piece of the process for, for making a picture book. But I always like. Once the pictures come in, to take another look at how things are working and to, to tighten up sentences, to take uh, words or pieces out that have become irrelevant, to, to just make sure that the, the rhythm created by the text is still matching the rhythm created by, by the images. And so I think there were like a couple swaps or substitutions at the last minute there, too. Do you think there'll be a sequel of 20 more questions? I hope so. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Let's hope this sells 1 billion copies. And then, yes. All right. Well, I'm rooting for it. <laughs> so here's my here's my question that I love to ask. And there isn't always an answer to it. 
besides that you just want people to enjoy your book. But Christian, I'm going to start with you. What impact do you hope this book has on readers? That's tough, right? I almost feel like with this book, I was doing what I usually don't do, which is have this strong intention because I, the whole, I think, premise of this book is to, for that, for that space to exist and, and to allow this thing to kind of have a life of its own and see how people connect with it in their own way. So I guess, okay, I guess the takeaway for me then is just, just to play, just to imagine, just to dream. Yes. Your turn, Mac. <laughs> and that was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, I'm with Christian. I like. I, I really just hope they have fun. I I hope they play. Um, the this book, I think, the making of it, it did feel like Christian and I were were engaged in in this playful game, and and that's what kids are so good at. I hope that. I hope that they really enjoy themselves, reading this one. Well, Christian and Mac. This is one of my new favorite interactive books because I know that it will create boundless amounts of fun and definitely inspire some very creative thinking. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate your work and I appreciate your time and I'm very grateful. So thank you. Thank, thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. Be sure to check out our show notes. You'll find links to order a copy of Mac Barnett and Christian Robinson's 20 Questions. If you like this show, remember you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Chromecast, Spotify, or anywhere else you enjoy listening. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review and while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of the Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books, just like 20 Questions, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.